Welcome to Live from the Compound. My name is Michael Badnick. I'm here with Barry Ritholtz and Ed Yardeni of Yardeni Research. Buybacks have become the topic du jour, not just for <laughs> Wall Street, but right. also for Main Street. Correct. And one of the things that people use to make arguments is data. And mm-hmm. I was flabbergasted where last week I read in Barron's that you said that some of the data that we're using might not be correct. What did you mean? How did you find this out? Well, the, the Federal Reserve puts out uh, flow of funds data on a quarterly basis. and uh, Is that the Z1? That's the Z1. Okay. And it's very detailed. I really love that data set. It's very been very good at understanding with a little bit of a lag uh, what the financial system's doing. And uh, everybody uses the uh, uh, table that shows uh, who's buying equities and who's I- issuing equities. And uh, what that data has been showing for, the, for a f- few years is that uh, nobody's buying stock other than corporations uh, buying back their own shares. And um, I've been staring at that for a while and just something just didn't make sense to me. Because when you look at the S&P 500 earnings per share, and then you look at aggregate Earnings of the S and P 500, it's not that big a difference in terms of the growth rate. It's about one percent per year from 2011 to 2018. So, if they're buying hundreds of billions of dollars of their stock back, why aren't the numbers much bigger? And I think the answer is, with regards to the flow of funds data, is that they forgot to include a category called employee stock plans. In other words, a substantial amount of these buybacks by corporations are actually for for the employee stock plans to avoid dilution rather than to increase earnings per share. So so this is really fascinating yeah. because I understand all the pro and con arguments. Right. From a policy perspective, sure. I've said for a long time, I would prefer a dividend to a, a, to a sure. buyback because A, the dividend eventually works its way through yeah. the economy. But more importantly, I don't want to provide a tax-free mm-hmm. incentive for companies to pay management a lot of stock options, to dilute themselves at the expense of right. the shareholder. And the pushback has always been, oh, no, no, that doesn't happen. Yeah. You're suggesting it really does happen. Well, what I'm suggesting is that uh, the, 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 the right way to, to understand what's, what's, what's happening is that about two-thirds of the buybacks are probably related to stock employee plans. And those stock really? employee plans are not just limited to the top four executives. They're actually fairly democratic about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a survey data from 2014. That's the, the earliest I could find, uh, the, 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 the latest data I could find. And the data shows that about uh, one-third of employees working for companies that have public stock are stock owners through plans. Wow, that's so, a lot. So that's a really important point because people yes. have this idea that it's only C-suite no. uh, executives that are getting these these options. Well, look, uh, I, I wish we had a lot more data and a lot better data, but what? But but there is a, a lot of this is urban legend. A lot of this is just people talking without looking at the data. So let's and get into da- let's yeah. get into the data a little yeah. bit. So you wrote that shares outstanding fell from a peak of two hundred ninety seven billion in two thousand eleven to two hundred seventy five billion at the end of two thousand eighteen. That's only a decline of one point one percent a year. That's correct. Yeah, and uh, again, we sort of reversed engineered because what the buybacks data is in dollars, and uh, we thought, well, kind of be interesting if you could actually look at it number of shares. Mm-hmm. So we reversed engineered and took the market cap of the S and P five five hundred, and we di- divided that by the S and P five hundred index um, to, to get a, an average price uh, of of the st- of the stock. 
um, uh, no, I'm sorry, divided by the basic shares, which we calculated. And then we took that and compared that to the, the, the uh, buyback story. And so here's what we got. We got 70 million shares of, uh, of gross uh, buybacks and 22 million shares of net buybacks, uh, leaving 50 million shares for employee stock plans. So the, the, the data we get from uh, the S&P is the gross number. Mm-hmm. And the gross number is hundreds of billions of dollars. But by the way, from 2011 to 2018, and I t- take that period because that's when the share count started to come down, uh, what you see over that period is that uh, uh, stock buybacks gross totaled $4.3 trillion. Okay, now that's, wow, that's a, they're buying all the stock back. It's at the expense of employees. But the reality is compensation over that same period was $70 trillion. So if a lot of this is actually being paid as stock compensation, it's actually a pretty small component of employee compensation. So if you're saying 70 trillion, 70 trillion is is compensation. So 70 trillion, yes, is compensation. What chunk of that 70 trillion is employee stock issuance? Well, uh, take take the uh, the the gross buybacks as uh, as 4.3 uh, billion dollars if if all, all of that 4.3 billion or trillion Tri- uh, trillion trillion okay 4.3 uh, yeah, trillion yeah uh, 4.3 trillion correct um billion here a trillion there right. um but, well, it's, but, but it's kind of important so let's say that's all stock stock plans so that's like around four percent of compensation right. and if it's if it's really only two-thirds not not, not all of it uh, then maybe we're talking about three percent of compensation over that period since 2011 has actually been uh, Attributable to um, you know to to, to 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 stock compensation. So that's that's about two trillion dollars in stock yeah, compensation to is, all yeah, the employees. All, all I'm saying is when you look at the big numbers on buybacks, you got to put it in the context of what is driving it, and it's compensation. And compensation is a lot bigger than that. Well, so that's a key point: is that we hear these giant numbers, yes. and we fall prey to denominator blindness. It's very normal. But in the second quarter, buybacks as a percentage of market cap, if corporations are the only one buying back stock, yeah. how do you explain the fact that buybacks were just 0.67% of market cap? Well, I'm saying you can't. Yeah, that, that uh, yeah I mean, from, from my story, you know, buybacks are being blamed and compared to a lot of concepts that just are not really relevant. So as if they're the, the cause of income inequality, and maybe they are exacerbating it a little well, bit, but... Well, they, they, I'm not going to say that they, you know, first of all, income inequality is uh, welcome to capitalism. I mean, that's that's the way it works. And you get some of your worst income inequality uh, when the economy is doing best, because the rich are getting much richer than everybody else, but everybody else is doing pretty well. And if, if uh, the stock compensation plans are relatively uh, uh, democratic, uh, maybe the top uh, four people are getting, you know, the big chunk of it, but uh, lots of other employees are also getting a chunk uh, and enjoying the, uh, the the bull market. So the the problem with the income inequality equation is that the bottom 50% of America doesn't own any stocks. They don't have a 401k. That's they That's don't have correct. an IRA. Yeah, yeah. And so when the stock market does well, the They'll top half up, right? does much better. That's the bottom cool. half yeah. gets left behind. That's right. And that's driving a lot of the politics and the policy correct. discussions. We totally. See. So yeah. obviously, people's minds don't change with this data because it's emotional. It's so right. It's political. It's, it's political. It's emotional. So yeah. in terms of some of the story that we hear, I thought you made a really good point. You wrote, to a large extent, the bull market in stocks has been boosting buybacks rather than the other way around. Yeah, in a bull market, uh, employees would love to get paid some of their compensation in stock and be, be, be a party to, to the to the party. Um, and uh, em- employers would 
definitely love to pay uh, th their employees with stock. Uh, everybody's happy. Uh, so um, you look at a chart of the S&P 500 versus the kind of the quarterly buybacks data, and it looks like it's correlated. And so a lot of people look at that chart and say, therefore, buybacks are, have been driving the stock market, uh, which when you think about it, re it's the reverse. Not only that, but does it really make sense that corp corporation, corporate managements are so dumb that they do most of their buybacks near the top of, of bull markets? Well, if well that's true. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> or at least that's what's the room, the that, urban legend. That, the urban legend. That's what the progressive politicians are, are saying is that uh, politicians are saying we're smarter than these corporations because they're dumb. They're just buying all these, uh, buy, buying back all near the top. And my point is it ha doesn't have anything to do uh, with, um, with that. What it has to do with is it, the longer a bull market lasts, and this one's lasting a long time, mm -hmm. uh, you pay more and more of your employees and it's vests and it accumulates. And as it uh, and it it gets expensed, the companies ex expense that, and that's where the cash comes from for the buybacks. Not all this uh, urban legend stuff about borrowing all this money to buy back shares. So talk about that. Are companies piling on debt? Because you wrote the ultimate source of funds for most stock buybacks is the employee compensation expense yes. on the income statement, right. not bond issuance issuance as the bears contend. Well, again, uh, the bond issuance looks huge, but you got to put everything in perspective. Uh, you know, uh, the the, the the critics of buybacks keep pointing out that if you add dividends and buybacks, they're eating up 100% of after-tax corporate profits. What a what a disaster! How how awful that uh, companies are you know using this for you know share to, to benefit their shareholders. Why don't they spend this money on their employees? Well, the answer is that. The, uh, it's not just uh, profits that matters to corporations. It's corporate cash flow. Corporate cash flow is huge because there's a such something called depreciation allowance, which is a tax shelter uh, for um, uh, for corporate income. And that's and no longer seven years. Now you could do all of that in that, year one. That and I, you know, I've looked at the corporate spending cycle in nominal terms, and it looks about the same as previous cycles. In other words, the notion that we're, corporations are not spending anything to expand and uh, not spending on their employees, just again, I, I'm kind of data dependent, as the Fed says. Well, if you're if we're not looking at at the denominator, we're just looking at say R and D numbers. You could say, oh my God, they're spending hundreds of billions of dollars right. on R and D. What a waste of money. Most of it goes down the toilet. Why are so many people claiming that R&D is suffering at the expense of dividends and, and beats buybacks? Me, beats me. Again, you go to the data that the government provides with GDP, and R&D, a few years ago, was included as part of capital spending, and it's doing fine. As, as a matter of fact, if you take R&D and software and high-tech equipment, it's about 40% of capital spending. So wow. if you're going to compare our, you know, capital spending today to what it was you know, 10 years ago, and you've seen more and more capital spending going to technology, which is cheaper and cheaper and more powerful and does more for more kinds of business models, then you put it all together, and I think the capital spending is absolutely fine. I mean, com companies aren't being managed by, you know, greedy uh, fat cats that all they care about is getting rich today. I mean, a lot of them really are managing their, their companies very, very well. So let me push back a yeah, bit, because we know that a lot of people despise buybacks. And here's the pushback that has some resonance, that it's not that they're greedy, they're just profit maximizers, and the problem is that corporate executives are terrible timers and they tend to over uh, buyback stocks when their shares are cheap, right. 
Look at 0809. Nobody was buying back sure. um, stock when it was cheap. They tend to overbuy it when it was expensive. Right. Oh, and here's an anecdote. Look at GE. They bought all this stock at 30 and 40, mm -hmm. and now it's 10. Um, so the anecdotes always come up as yeah. an example, but as we know, anecdotes and data well, are not the same. Exactly. Thing. There's the anecdotes, and then there's the data, and the data just doesn't support that narrative, it, that that uh, story. Well, it's an easy story to tell and get it's riled up over, but if yeah. you look at the alternatives to buybacks, what else can companies do? They can sit on cash, they can pay more dividends, or they can invest for the future. But, but, but you're falling into that trap. But wait, my hold uh, on. Yeah, uh, However, okay. but the point is, our friends at Alpha Architect did a study and showing that companies that tend to invest heavily in R&D, their stocks don't do very well because to invest and get a return on your capital is very difficult. So the mm -hmm. point is, sometimes the best way to return capital or just to spend your capital yeah. is to buy back shares. See, but I don't view buybacks as mostly aimed at uh, returning capital to shareholders. I view it as... Uh, providing about two-thirds of the buyback as part of compensation. Um, and that compensation has to be expensed. And that expense then is cash that companies can use to buy back their shares in the market to avoid dilution from the employee stock plans. So um, maybe a third of that story that you just told maybe is about a third right. Two-thirds of buybacks are anti-dilutive to offset Correct. stock issuance. That's what the data shows. But I guess when do these – so people have this – misunderstanding, I believe, that they think that management is saying, hmm, should we buy back stock or should we invest or should we do that? Buybacks come after everything else is done. It's almost locked into your compensation plan. If you've got a stock compensation plan that provides workers with a certain percentage of their compensation in stock, it's just, it's just you know, once you program it into the uh, computer to take in, in the payroll department, that's what happens. And so it just happens automatically. And the decision that the management needs to make is, do we want to just do nothing and let this dilute our earnings per share, or do we want to take that cash that we didn't pay the employee as cash but as stock and use that to buy back the shares that we are eventually going to give the, the, the employee when it vests? I guess maybe a good place to, to leave this is the idea of banning buybacks. Well, you, you ban buybacks, and uh, sadly, a lot of a lot of employees that kind of liked uh, getting some of their compensation in stock are going to be told we can't do this anymore because uh, we can't go into the market and uh, buy back our shares or or the or the companies will have to say okay so we'll let that dilute uh, the earnings per share which doesn't make any sense and they're not going to do that so, so the idea that oh you could still you could still issue shares to employees and they would just get dividends yeah but how much are they going to do with their existing shareholders they're not going to do that the reality is that uh, you pay your employees stock as part of their compensation. You know, it's not something that you just give on top of the compensation. And uh, so th there are a lot of urban legends about all this, but when you look at the data, it suggests that that's exactly what they are, just urban legends. Ed, thanks for coming in. Thank Let you. us know what your thoughts are on buybacks. Should we ban them? Should we increase them? What should we do?